Welcome to the City Hill Podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. And today we're going to be kickstarting a new series called... It's a, it's, it's a series name that actually, when you say it, doesn't actually make sense. But in the concept it does. Blessed are the... For they will. Blessed are the... For they will. So we're looking at the Beatitudes in Matthew 5. In Matthew 5, Jesus is on the side of a mountain. He sits down. His disciples gather around. And he starts to reel off these, I don't know, zingers, these one-liners, tweets, whatever you want to call them. And he starts laying out what it means to be blessed. He says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then the real mouthful, verse 11 of Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Obviously that one doesn't go quite with a they will. That's the only one that doesn't go with a they will. It's pretty much a strange one. So over the course of the four weeks of this series we'll have today where we're going to tuck into just one of these and on different weeks different ones will get picked and different ones will get expanded some may pick multiple ones we may not do it in order you may in your own time enjoy these at home and explore them for yourselves and if you do please do share in the group the city hill london group on the app anything you find about these passages that you enjoy or find interesting so that we can all be enlightened by that today i want to pick blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of god I want to pick this one particularly because I remember November time last year, I was in school and an assembly was taking place. And as the assembly was taking place, we were looking at, it was a Remembrance Sunday was coming up at the weekend. And so we were talking about the the wars, the Second World War. I think we're remembering others as well. And we were reflecting on, on all that happened and the children were sharing different things, different stories. And, and it was wonderful for me. I absolutely loved it. I remember there was one boy who I'd worked with two years prior who the last time he had to say something in assembly, I had to go up on stage and stand next to him because he was too afraid. And seeing him stand without anyone with him was a really nice thing for me. It was a really good moment. But then I remember one of the children read out, blessed are the peacemakers. And I remember standing there thinking, this doesn't actually have any context with anything that they're talking about. Like when we read through this verse, what it means, how, how it means, in, in, what it means in its context, in, in the Bible, in, in the culture that it was expressed in, it, it was just being dragged out in a Church of England school and thrown out because we were talking about war and blessed are the peacemakers. And, and I remember just standing there looking around and people were like, oh, that's lovely and whatever. And I was thinking, that's, that's, not, really what, that's not really what this is about. And so what I wanted to do today was I wanted to take this one verse and I kind of wanted to unpack it. Blessed are the peacemakers. Well, we're going to look at blessed first because blessed means truly happy, like a deeper sense of fulfillment. 
it's not fleeting, it's not really attached to the environment around you. So it's, it's not if the environment is conducive to you and popular and good and everything's going your way that you're happy. There is a deeper sense of happiness, fulfillment, deep-rooted within the person that comes about. And it says, blessed are, truly happy are, lasting happiness, fulfillment, are the peacemakers, for they should be called the sons of God. The next thing we're going to look at, we're going to look at peacemakers, like so peace. So in the culture of the time that Jesus is in, in their society, the word peace is, is shalom. Now, shalom means so many different things. It's not like one thing. It's not just the absence of conflict. So peace isn't just the, it can be the absence of conflict. It's a lot of things. So across the world, you'll see different churches and you'll see some that preach like what, what people have called the prosperity gospel. And the prosperity gospel is an absolute fresh pile of poo in a field somewhere. But at the same time, it's also true. I hate to say it, it's also true. Because if you have true peace, there's, there's prosperity that God brings to you. He does, he does. The idea of everything being about prosperity is the end goal. That's wrong, that's not what Jesus came for. But the idea that there's shanty towns in heaven doesn't make sense either. So there's definitely a wholeness and a fulfillment that God wants to give and an enriching that takes place. But that's not everything we can say about peace. We've got to then talk about, say, like mental health and how we think and how we see ourselves, how we see other people is a part of peace. Our emotional well-being, health, every area you could think of in your life being held in its proper balance is what they call shalom. That's peace. Now, no one really knows or experiences this at any real one time. You have moments, you have flashes, you have encounters with God where you'll experience something of this. But Jesus says like true fulfillment, being blessed, being truly happy. He lists all these different profiles and peacemakers is one of them. And I started to be a bit kind of thinking about how big a concept peace is for the Jewish people and how perfect it is and how untouchable it is in its status. Jesus throwing this one out for me seems like a really unfair one. It's not really something you can really achieve. It's not like who, who is in this lane? Like how many people go in this lane? And the truth is about this lane is that Jesus is the only one who goes in this lane and he is the peacemaker. And actually, as I started to think about if I want to be in this lane and if I want to encounter the true happiness and the true experience of this, the very first thing the very first step is actually coming to him. Because Isaiah 9 verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. His peace has no end to it. It keeps going and going and going. And Jesus said this in John 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. He gives it in a very contrasting way. In Jesus' day, Israel had been taken over by the Romans. That meant at one time, an army was encamped outside and would have said, Caesar is Lord. And if you want peace, then you make Caesar Lord and you pay your taxes to Caesar. Now, if you disagreed, you had a war, they took over and then you paid those taxes. Or you could just agree to pay them straight away and you would have what the Romans called peace. So there's these two 
big ideas about what peace is. Peace through conflict and then peace through how Jesus gives it. And he says, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives to you, I give to you. Well, how does that, how does he give it in a different way? Caesar would come and impose a peace upon the people and try and bring prosperity through that nation through what Rome knows how to do. Jesus comes in this opposite way and it's not your body that is wrecked, it's his body that is broken. He lays his life down. He dies in your place. He takes your sin upon the cross and then he gives you his sonship. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be known as they shall be called as the sons, the children, the daughters of God. They will be his kids. And it's not something you earn. The first thing that happens is you see that the Prince of Peace in Isaiah 9 has come. You hear that Jesus says that I'm going to my father. I'm leaving my peace with you. I'm not taking it with me. I'm leaving it. I'm giving it to you. I'm not giving it like others give it. I'm going to give you something that's deep-rooted. I'm going to give you something that isn't based upon the context and the situation you're in. I'm giving you something that you will have regardless of what events are going on around you. I give it to you not as the world gives it to you. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. So Jesus wants to leave this peace with his disciples. He wants to give them this peace. And then the reason we're called the sons, of, the sons of God, the daughters of God, the children of God is because when he leaves that at your door and that can only happen one way, that only happens one way. And I would like to encourage you with this because on Friday night, um, Jody was watching something and I got a nice bottle of, I think it was Malbec. Uh, and I had Malbec with Jesus. Me and Jesus sat down for a drink and I just laid my life down again. I went, Jesus, I want to surrender my life to you again. I've made so many things the goals in my heart that just are not your goals. So many things in my heart, they're not yours. I want to be a peacemaker. I want to be known as one of your kids. I want to be your child. I want to to switch my goals. I want to reorientate myself. I don't want to be truly happy chasing this way or that way. I want to be truly happy chasing your way. Because you know what happens? If you're a Christian long enough, there comes a point where you get what they call mature. You get cynical. You don't get filled with faith anymore. You get cynical about things. You don't want to open things up. You want to shut things down. You want to make things narrow. And and, and you have to come to him as a child again. You have to go like, God, I'm really sorry. And then maybe you've never come to him. And you've got to come to him and you've got to go like, Jesus, I'm starting to see that maybe you are who you say you are. But there has to come a point where you have to have that moment and you go like, you know what, you're Lord and I don't just want you on the cross in my life. I want you as the king in my life. I want you to call the shots in my life because you are the Prince of Peace. And I am a beggar at the table begging for some bread, Lord, because I know you're the bread of life and I know you give it freely. And because I know you give it freely and because I know you lead so well that you lay your life down to be broken, I'll follow that example and I'll chase after you. I'm not chasing after you because I want to be something or want to be someone. I just want to be your child. I just want to be a kid. I just want to be at the table. I just want to be like you. I just want to bring peace to people's lives. And so Jesus says, I'm going to give you this peace. But then what he expects of you and I is that when we encounter shalom, when we encounter that peace, that it can never stay as a thing that you experience and enjoy just for yourself. He can't do it because if he was in the form of God, 
in Philippians and did not regard it robbery and something he had to cling to, but he went, I'm letting go, I'm emptying myself to the point of dying on a cross. He went from that to do that, that you and I could have wholeness, we can have peace, that he could touch the deepest, darkest parts of me, the parts of me that I don't want anyone to know about, the attitudes, the mentalities, the sin, the wrongfulness within me, the things I've done in the past that you think, I don't want anyone to find out about that, the things that, you, you, that hold you, if he could die on the cross knowing the worst parts of me, that I could have peace and wholeness, then the thing that happens when you find that release and you experience that balance when you come to him in humility and say, you are the Lord of my life, I repent of my sin, I want to turn around God, I want to go your way, I want to go the direction that you're doing things. When you do that, when you encounter that, the first thing that's going to want to happen is you're going to be, how can I bring this to someone? Have you noticed that? Like when someone gets radically saved or someone experiences grace they become like one of the hardest people to spend time with has anyone can anyone no just me did any of you remember when you first experienced god's grace the conversations you had on buses supermarkets like anywhere in the pub wherever it was my mates used to hate going clubbing with me they'd be getting smashed and i'm telling them about jesus they'd be like oh mate like well to be fair they just ordered more drinks they're listening like oh give me another one I need something stronger. There's a way this guy's chatting. Do you know what I mean? It's difficult. It's difficult, isn't it? And, and, and I remember sometimes you'd look at, you, you'd be in church long enough that that stopped being you a little bit. And then you'd be kind of like trying to hold some jumping jack who's going crazy and bring them down a little bit. And then you realise, what on earth? That is it. That's it. They may be nuts. They may get fixed wrong. They may say the wrong thing. But I'd rather have someone who's doing that than being... Like I've been at different seasons in my life where I'm just comfortable just being quiet and doing a nice little comfortable Christian thing. And it's all very respectable. It's all very nice. It's not very messy anymore. People respect me as a Christian now. They respect the things that I do. They've got a lot of respect and time for me. I like you, Andy, because, you know, you don't shove it down my throat. Well, maybe I need to drown them in a bit of it. You know what I mean? Maybe I need to hold a few people under getting baptised, let them back up again. But maybe I do need to do it. Do you know what I mean? And so today, I guess, as we kick off this series, the first thing is this. I really want to encourage you. Like, maybe you've got to make a decision for the first time and just surrender your life to Jesus. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's a realisation. You know what? I've gone a bit stale on this thing. I can't think of the last time I got excited. And, and, and let me tell you, that's like a way of taking your pulse this morning. Like, please take your pulse this morning. Like, if you can't think of a time recently, like last Sunday, Jodie absolutely smashed me off the church. She goes, um, you need a new story. I was like, I've got new stories. And she goes, well, then why'd you share that old one? I was like, because it's better than the new ones. <laughs> it's as simple as that. It's better than the new ones. And I was, I was like, walked away from it. I was a bit niffed. And I was like, Lord, I, I, I want some better stories now. <laughs> I don't want the better stories then. I want them now. I want to be a peacemaker. I want people to look at me and go, oh, that's one, that's it, that's, that's one of Jesus' kids. Yeah, that, that fruitcake over there. Who's doing it for the Lord. So the first thing this morning is, I want each of us to take a moment, take stock. We're going to have a moment of reflection. I'm going to pray. Have your own moment of reflection. Talk to God about where you're at. If I made you uncomfortable, good. If you're really comfortable, wow, well done. If you're like, oh, I still don't really know about this Jesus, then that's cool. I want to pray for you as well because what I'm we're going to be praying is that he's really got a peace if he can give you a peace that's so good it unhinges you, you know it's good. 
No one gets given a gift that good. They start telling people about it. My Christmas socks don't cut it. I don't tell anyone about it other than to tell them my disappointment that I've got socks again at Christmas. But when Jesus does something so crazy, you want to flow out. You want to let it out. So I'm going to pray for those two things. And I just want us to take a moment. Take a moment with Jesus. Ask him where you're at. Ask him what he wants you to do. And then let him do and say whatever he wants to say to you today. Father God, I thank you for the peacemakers. I thank you that your son came as the peacemaker, but that he came because he wanted to raise up a group of sons and daughters who would be peacemakers. He came because he had children that he wanted to make whole. He could see the lack in their lives. He could see the empty gaps and he was going to fill that hole. He was going to make the peace whole in them, the shalom. He was going to give it to their lives and fulfill them. That in a moment as they believed in him, they would experience heaven on earth. But more than that, there would be an ultimate sealing that would take place. That they would be his children. And that one day they would be like him when he comes again. That they would lack in nothing. That they would be continuously new. And that is your gospel. That is the gift of salvation you give to each one of us. That we can know God in the way that you have destined for us to know God. But Father God, I also pray for those of us, Father, who just have It's not that we've been in church too long because we should be a part of the church always anyway. But we've allowed cynicism to come in. We've allowed our hearts to become hard. We can't think of the last time we were truly excited about the gospel anymore. And we can't think of the last time we were so excited that we couldn't wait to share it with someone, to be a peacemaker, to be someone who sees the gap and sees the hole in someone's life and goes and fills it and goes and plugs it. Father, I know I had a great time with you over a glass of Malbec on Friday night, but here we are as a group and we're in Metro. I just pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would just come. And that for those of us, Lord, that need to be stirred up again and receive something fresh from you, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would just come and you would touch each one of us in our heart as we speak to you. I pray for those of us that need to be filled afresh, Lord God, you would fill us afresh, Lord. You would fill us pressed down, shaken, overflowing. For those of us, God, that come today and actually we come desperately hungry for peace because anxiety has taken hold. Fear has taken hold in our lives. Uncertainty has taken hold in our lives. Unbelief has taken hold in our lives. We don't see any real value in ourselves even though that you shed your blood something of eternal worth for us. You saw all the value. You made us valuable in that moment, in that purchase, in that transaction that you gave for us. Father, I pray right now that as we come to you and ask you to forgive us, Lord, you would just wash over us, firstly of your blood, Lord, but also, Lord, that you would wash over us by the power of your Holy Spirit and empower us to be everything you have for us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons and daughters of God. He wants you to be called a son and daughter this week. He calls you a son and daughter because he paid to adopt you. He doesn't leave you on the outside. You're his child and he loves you. But, He does this in you because there are people around you and he wants you to be like him and start seeing the gaps, the holes in people's peace. And that he wants to use you, not that you have the power and the means, but by his Holy Spirit, you'll you'll plug holes. By his Holy Spirit, you'll bring peace to people's lives. By the Holy Spirit, you'll be able to touch people and help people become whole. And that is what it means to be called a son and daughter of the Most High God. Amen.
We really hope you enjoyed today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. We are the life of